Hello and welcome to Inspired by EWV UNSW. If you're signing in for the first time, this is a special episode. So I definitely recommend you go check out our last episode where we, are lucky, where we were lucky enough to interview Darcy Small, one of the co-founders of CORE, a charity, and find out about his time starting it. But now we'll start our interview where we begin with me interviewing Diana, my current co-president, and Sadiqa, an incoming co-president of EWV, and we'll be later joined by Emir, another incoming co-president of EWB UNSW. And we'll see what their plans are for the next year and reflect on what we've done previously. Enjoy. Hi guys. Hello. Hi. So first, we're just gonna discuss why we all joined a society and what you can actually do when you get to join us. Um, Diana, do you wanna start? Yep, sure. Um, so I was always keen to join the society, but I was always really scared and a really nervous first year. But then um, I saw a free tea stall on the library walkway and I was like, oh, cool, I really want tea. So I stopped by and the team at the time kind of ended up convincing me to go to this thing called Humanitarian Engineering Conference. And it was like $80, it was a lot of food, a lot of fun. So I was like, oh, cool just went and from there on I never looked back I went to a lot of the events and ended up joining the exec team. Sadiqa? Um, yeah I joined EWB because I kind of always wanted to be a part of it growing up because I knew like humanitarian engineering can really help people um, which is something I want to do in the long run. Um, yeah so I started with a school outreach and that made me want to join even more because it's really good to see like how you can inspire people. Um, so we went to like regional rural um, New South Wales and a lot of the kids there don't even consider engineering or even tertiary education. So it's really good to see like how their perspective transforms after our workshops. Um, so then I went into the role um, of inter-university rep this year. Um, so I got to communicate with the other unis and create events. Um, yeah, so EWB is something I wanna be part of in the long run. I actually joined in a similar way to you with through school outreach, which was always great fun. And you get to see the impact in the real time and actually work with people outside of, well, what you'd normally encounter in an engineering field, which is actually truly fantastic. Um, Diana, I remember you also went on some in your early days too. How did you find them? <laughs> I thought they were really good. I believe you were on one of the first ones I went on. And I was like, wow, everyone in the society is so nice. Everyone was so welcoming, even the other volunteers. <laughs> and it was just good to have a guiding hand at presenting the workshops. Um, we um, presented to you three kids. They were all super excited. And I think that was a really good workshop to be part of. Yeah, I remember when I first went on my outreaches as well. I just loved the people and it was so much fun getting involved. And that's actually why I ended up joining the society and going further. So Diana, once you joined us at EWV, what did you do then? Um, so I joined in Sadiqa's former role. So I was vice president of inter-uni events. Um, and I actually ended up organizing the humanitarian engineering conference, which made me join in the first place. So that was a fun little tie-in. Um, I then also, designed the hackathon last year and now I've gone on to co-president with Hugo and Sadiq is also taking that next year. 
So it's been quite a long journey. Yes. <laughs> but all fun along the way. And Sadiqa, what did you do in your role other than um, organizing HEC? And what do you plan to do next year? Yeah, so um, just because of COVID this year, the inter-uni team had to think really proactively um, to think of, you know, online alternatives and HEC and Humanitarian Engineering Conference and Design Corner Competition are the two major ones and they always attract a lot of people. Sorry, that, that's outside my window. Um, they always attract a lot of people. So we had to think of something that would attract like just as many people. So we ended up creating a competition called Big Design EWB and presented the case of increasing access to medical supplies and services in remote locations, which is something we can all kind of relate to right now because of COVID. And the solutions proposed by teams were really good. We had a lot of people from industry talk and also prizes for the industry speakers and also the winning team. So it was a really successful event with over 170 students who participated. Yeah, um, so for the next year, I really want to hold more outreaches, which is something we couldn't do this year because of COVID. But um, as we talked about before, outreaches are so important for students um, in primary and high school. Um, yeah, I also want to um, make use of the new role, so director of projects to get more university students involved in our organization. So introduce a lot of humanitarian engineering projects, um, which is something we haven't really done over the past few years. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens with that because I know before COVID, we were actually growing our school outreach program and able to um, run outreaches with several thousand students per year around New South Wales and the Sydney region. And so it's really exciting to see how that will grow. Hello, Amir. Thank you Hello. for joining us today. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Sorry. We're all going through why we joined EWB and what we've done as part of EWB so far. Yeah. Got it. So, would you like to tell us why you joined EWB? All right. So, um, yeah, um, I started with the WB uh, almost two years ago. Yeah. So, it started with a uh, invitation to a school outreach from my friend, and I wasn't uh, really know more uh, much about it. And then uh, I just uh, joined for the sake of. Um, for the sake of, you know, curious of what it's all about. And just for, um, you know, having fun with, with a friend. Uh, and that that just start a, a whole new journey of, you know, um, inspiring uh, just a new generation, I would say, uh, of, of students. Uh, and from there, uh, I learned more about humanitarian engineering. And I think, yeah, the rest is just, you know, history. Yeah. And in the last year, you were part of the team who successfully ran our first online school outreach. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, uh, so that is uh, something that I think our, uh, this year, our, our team really uh, proud of. Um, so the online school outreach is basically just a our response to um, the, you know, the, uh, to the situation with the um, physical distancing uh, and um, the COVID uh, pandemic. Uh, and 
we 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 just want to continue uh delivering delivering the workshop without without having a uh problem of getting the material you know, of the physical activity uh how do you say postponed or getting uh getting in trouble so as long as this, the kids uh learn something from it you know uh get to learn new thing from the module so that's all uh, what's 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 really matter with the outreach and um you know we just modified uh the current module that we have and use the um, technology and uh, online software so we can utilize the experience and you know make it make it better. Thank you. And Sadika already told us about your plan for next year, but how do you envision getting more students involved as we move out of COVID? Last year, uh, last year we we already. Um, you know, start delivering the school hours online, and I think we're going to um, continue with that plan, and um, optim optimally just adding more online modules to the school hours, um, to the online school hours. And um, other thing is, um, we have started a new um, division uh, where we have a director of project, which. Um, so uh, we will be in charge of um, handling new projects. And so far, we already um, started with the um, surgical lamp project from uh, EWH. Um, and I think we can have more, more project or um, more people getting involved with the project in the future. So that could be something that will attract uh, people who wants to get more hands-on you know, with their uh, activity. And uh, other than that, we can have um, more initiative of getting our uh, message out to the people. So one of it is um, this uh, Inspire podcast, and I think it's getting uh, more traction around the student, among students. So yeah, excited to see more in the future. Sounds like there's lots of exciting things happening next year. So remember, if you want to get involved, just reach out to anyone at EWB and we'll help you. There's no bar to entry and we'll train you up in the skills that you need. So get involved. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time we've got today. So we'd like to thank you all for turning up and we'd like to wish you luck for your presidency next year. We look forward to see what happens and um, all the great things that come out of it. So thank you. Thanks. thanks. Yep, thanks for having me. Now we'll hand you all over to Ning and Muskin who will continue the next segment of the podcast. Hi guys, welcome to our podcast. Today we'll talk about clean water. For most people, clean water is affordable and accessible, so it's really easy to forget how important they really are. For that, we'll talk about an engineered chemical that takes the form of a powder and it can turn a dirty water into a drinkable one. So, so what is it? Basically, one of the products I found is called the PNG Water Purifying Kit. So this is sold to a non-governmental organization at 3.5 US cents per packet. This product is made by Philip Suter, a laundry scientist who 
initially wanted to find out how to separate dirt from laundry water. And then he found out how to make a water purifying kit. It's initially launched in the 2004 in Hai Tai and Uganda and is now distributing through partners in seven, 70 different developing countries. So this is a powdered chemical mixture of powdered ferric uh, sulfite, that's a flocculant, and a calcium hypochlorite, which is a disinfectant. So how it works is basically uh, you take this packet, you put it in the water you want to treat, and then you stir it well for at least five minutes. And then when you wait for it to settle, the particles are going to separate from the water. So basically, we have the chloride chemical, which kills off uh, microorganisms, waterborne bacteria, and common waterborne diseases that's in like untreated water. And through a process of coagulation and flocculation, the dirt and other pollutant suspended in the water can be combined and that makes them heavy enough to be separated from the water. So some that includes some health affecting pollutants such as heavy metals like arsenic and chemical contaminants such as pesticides from water. Good thing about this product is that since they come in like small, very small packages, uh, they're very easy to transport and they have a very long shelf life. So from what I found, this innovation reduced diarrhea from 90% to less than 16% in five randomized controlled health intervention studies. Another similar product uh, was invented by an inventor by the name of Marino, who has a PhD from a Japanese university. He developed a product that can make a lake clean. This solution is like, is kind of different from the typical coagulation and flocculation method. So what happens is, uh, this solution is added to dirty water and when it mixes, it attracts the pollution and suspended particles to the mixture. So after 15 minutes or so, everything gets floated on top of the water and it results in a layer of removable pollutants. Another good thing about this one is that the mixture is 100% organic, which makes it edible, so it's completely environmental friendly. So you can see this is the result of what the mixture can do. So after he developed this mixture and also with his knowledge in water bio, uh, Marino transformed his Chaohu Lake in a matter of months. It went from a really like quite nasty brown algae filled mess into a really beautiful clean lake. So why is it important? I think there are like a lot of social impacts that's related to this kind of stuff.
Water has such a great social impact because it's so important to us. We can last three weeks without food, but for water, we can only survive three to four days without it. Research shows that there are about 1 billion people in the world that struggle every day just to get access to portable water. Thus, the struggle to, to get purified clean water is extremely large and thus the need for water is extremely vital to the survival of humans. Not only does clean water act as a visual improvement, but it also reassures everyone that the water is clean due to it not having any leaves or dirt present as well as other microorganisms. It also reduces bacteria, viruses, and protozoa in water and removes heavy metals and chemicals, which are extremely damaging. You know how heavy metals cause birth defects? Yeah, I think I've heard of that as well, because it will stay in the body, right? As well as harm the environment. All those are done to prevent diseases and protect ourselves and the environment that surrounds us. Yeah, I agree with you. Clean water is like very important for us. And that's why innovations like these are quite important. Yeah. Alongside the decrease in fresh water was um, an increase in droughts. Yeah. The availability of fresh water is decreasing at a rapid rate. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, groundwater resources that get polluted with salts and. Mm. Yeah. And also, pollution is such a major concern nowadays. Yeah. Let's end it here for today. Thank you guys for being here. Ah, before we end, one more thing. Uh, before we end, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we are based, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging. So thank you guys for joining us this week, and I hope to see you guys in two weeks' time, which will be our last podcast. Bye. Bye. Thank you.